you. I love how you've made that your own. You made it for us. Thank you. I have a dear friend. I have a dear friend who is a scientist, geologist, lives here in Tulsa, like the gaggle of geologists that are here because of the oil industry. And I have watched him evolve as a father. And one of my favorite stories about him, I just, I would never have thought of doing this. Uh, everyone knows who's a parent that you spend countless hours in the car with your children. It's fabulous time together. It's also a space where you have your own contained uh, they're not crawling all over you. And what he used to do, so he raised three daughters. And what he would do is run errands with them. And once they got to where the last errand was, to, in order to get home, he made them give him directions. But he would make a caveat. He would say, okay, we're going to go home but we are only going to take right turns. And so it drove his wife batty because the 30-minute errand became two-hour errands. And at first she would like, oh, my God, they've all died in a crash. Where are they? Where are they? Well, what he did was he would follow their directions no matter what. And if they hadn't made a decision when they came to the intersection, he would just keep on going. And they would get lost. And they, well, and the other brilliant part of this, so it gave them a sense of geography. It gave them a sense of problem solving. And it also forced them to negotiate amongst themselves. Because if they didn't agree where they were turning, he'd keep going. So they finally, you know, kind of worked out how to make decisions and tell him ahead of time, he, you know, you can't say you were supposed to turn back there. <laughs> and I've always admired, that just would not have crossed my mind as, I, I don't know if it's because I'm a mother or just because of who I am, but I love that. They did, and they are damn fine navigators, I'll tell you. <laughs> yes, in fact, so two of them have grown up to be scientists, and one is a graphic artist, because it's that kind of creative thinking, but also logical thinking. It was just, I just thought it was brilliant. And I think it is an example of what it means when a father <clears throat> is given free reign to do a father's thing. So, of course, we're talking about fathers on Father's Day. And um, I have cleverly avoided preaching on fatherhood on Father's Day. Often our General Assembly falls right in the middle, and I've, I've not been here on this Sunday. And then someone who is nameless always gripes and says, you know, on Mother's Day, on Mother's Day, we do this whole celebratory thing and we do this whole flower communion 
what about dads? And then immediately brainstorms all the possible communions. Should we have beer communion? (laughs) Cigar and spittoon communion? It would be a variation on that water communion we have. (laughs) Although I saw Father's Day communion happening last night in front of the smoker, if you miss the barbecue, it was one of those magical community building around food, the only way communion can be. And there was a whole set of um, camper chairs in front of the smoker. And I came late and didn't see, but I heard tell of what was happening in that ring around the smoker. And it was a beer communion. (laughs) And it was about building community. And I thought, I, I, on some level, don't have experience about uh, with fatherhood. Of course, of course, we all have fathers. We wouldn't be here without fathers. Classic. But mine died when I was six. So there's a part of my narrative. um, I would tell myself, I, I didn't grow up with a father, so I don't know what that looks like. It's amazing how much we can justify what we want to do, isn't it? But the reality is I am surrounded by these amazing men who are fathers. And the more reading I did and the more we come to understand gender as a spectrum, I realize my mother stepped in and became a father on so many levels. And I had a brother who served as a surrogate father in really fabulous ways. And then if I look even further, I recognize how many of my parents' um, friends, both mothers and fathers, stepped in as protectors, as um, providers, which got me thinking about uh, the reading, the first reading about the peach seed monkey He does some tricky things referring to his father as omnipotent God. And we are of a tradition that grows out of that Christianity where God is the father. And we've bucked against that, um, considering that sexist language. That's another sermon. I've done some interesting reading for this sermon based on that, saying, well, it's not exactly quite so simple historically of why that's God the Father. But there is a tradition in Christianity and other religious traditions of trying to identify God by all the things God is not. It's called apophatic. I've talked about it a little bit before, but it's trying to define something by what it is not, which is actually noble mathematical, um, a noble mathematical way of thinking. So God is not uh, something we can easily describe. God is not of a single gender, even though the God the Father. God is not human. Christians make it pretty complicated, but God is not uh, in a single entity or body. All That kind of God is not. 
So I started thinking, well, so many of us have various experiences about fathers perhaps not being there or not being who we want them to be. But we actually have access to what a father is by defining what either our father was not or what we experience who we don't want to be to our children. I don't want to be that kind of father who is so brutally stern that it causes physical and emotional scars. So there's an apophatic way to talk about fatherhood. What a father, what we, the ideal father by what a father should not be or was not in our lives. So I'm just telling you how I justified, okay, I am going to preach about fatherhood. And I recognize that I, I live with a fabulous father and I experience in all of the men here and many of the women incredible fatherhood. So what does that mean? You know, we all these idealizations out, well, what is a father? Well, someone handed me an article that made me go down a rabbit trail into the original research by Catherine Kern. She's a psychologist, developmental psychologist at Kent State, Ohio. And um, she's interested in, the, in what it means to bond with your child and recognize that men fathers in particular, didn't score well on the bonding scales, all the various scales of bonding. Well, that's because the bonding scales all were, grew out of that notion of bonding is about a certain kind of a nurturing, an emotional attachment, a, a, uh, an empathy that we might if you'll allow us to dabble in stereotypes, might be more maternal. The mother holding the child, comforting. And she said, well, wait a minute. There are other ways to nurture and to be bonded with a child. So the minute you become a parent, whether male or female, this is so interesting, our brains men and women, your brains change hormonally. Oxytocin is produced. But what happens with the oxytocin is different for men than women. But let me bracket that. Not always, but for the time being. And what happens when women receive oxytocin from being pregnant and giving birth and holding a child and all the physicality of holding a baby that oxytocin signals things in your brain that make you gaze into your child's eyes and, and want to soothe them. So the exact same thing happens to men. Baby is born, they hold the baby, oxytocin is released, but it goes to a different part of their brain. And it triggers in men something that was mentioned in this essay. It, it, it triggers their 
thinking ahead, they're planning, they're strategizing. So what the developmental psychologist Kearns noticed was, you know, we're not measuring dads and the, their ability to bond with children in a way that really matches what they're doing. Because what dads do is challenge and do different, talk to their children in different ways, get them excited, you're trying to get them to bed, and what does dad do? Wants to do a whole playing thing and turn them upside down and wake them up. But it's no less bonding. She developed some, she said, so our rule stick, our yardstick for measuring what makes an effective dad, what makes a dad bond to children is wrong. We need a different rule stick for dads. So she developed something called the laughing test. <laughs> I would love to see these videos. So she would put mothers and dads separately in a, in a you know, as only psychological testing can happen, in a, a room so she could observe them. And the instructions were to make the child laugh. So these are babies and toddlers, pretty small. And um, the mothers would touch and coddle and do all sorts of things. But the dads, the dads were wacky. One dad took whatever little rug was on the floor and put it on his head and started doing doofy things and got the child to laugh. And she realized, ah, yes, these dads are deeply enmeshed in these children's lives, deeply. Now, here's what's interesting. How do we... Uh, and both Mother's Day and Father's Day are landmines in terms of trying to preach or talk about it or celebrate because parenting and not having a father and not being a father or not being a mother is so complicated. And you may have had the worst parent in the world. And how do we come in here and celebrate? But... It's not a simple gender, women are this way and men are this way. Back to the hormones and the brains. So if there are two men raising a child, then the oxytocin, one of them will develop the more nurturing aspect of being the parent. Isn't that interesting? So she talks about that we are we have evolved over millions of years and we are biparental. We have evolved to have two parents. And that one parent inevitably you know it's not it's not simple. There are mothers who do that same kind of cajoling, making their children do wacky things, challenging them. So it's not a simple black and white male female thing. And of course, women who are single mothers take on fatherly attributes. So digging deeper into the research, I, uh, I keep thinking one part of fatherhood is 
the trope of the missing father. And that there is a different kind of more tenuous connection between a father and children, easier to step away perhaps. And even though we are a biparental species requiring two parents, research shows, various studies show, that as long as the dad is engaged, so a lot of divorce may break up a household, father may be estranged or distant, same with mother, but we're talking about fathers on Father's Day. And those fathers who manage to stay in touch with their children in whatever way, their grades are better, they are more socially adapted. So it is, it is the connection that you have with your parent, with your father. And I, and I maintain that when that connection is about an apathetic emptiness, when your connection is about what you wish were there or what could have been, that that is as valid because it makes you see that in everyone. I mentioned earlier to someone today, I've been thinking about Hope Church and we're about to celebrate our 50th. And historically, the church has been led by men up until about six years ago. And now the majority, the last two ministers have been female. And I've been wondering about whether there was a, a correction from a lot of God the Father to Goddess the Mother as leader that somehow we need to correct back to bring back the circle of camping chairs around the smoker to honor the risk-taking challenging I think when I first came the church needed a lot of nurturing and I'm feeling like well no now that the church needs a dad who's going to kick you in the you know where and say okay get you laughing, challenge you, make you, okay, so so where we want to go in the next 10 years, we can only take left turns, all right? (laughs) So I just want to thank every single father here and every single woman who has been serving as a surrogate father I want to wish everyone happy Father's Day. I appreciate the risks, the thinking ahead, the planning that your gifts and skills bring to each of our lives and to our institution. Happy Father's Day. May it be so.